Hello, welcome to the latest episode of the Break the Mould podcast. I'm Tim Roberts, leadership coach, author of Break the Mould and your host for this podcast. Let's get straight into it. I don't want to uh, take any more of your time up with this intro than I need to because I want to introduce you to my guest. I want to give you a chance to really hear uh, from my guest. Today's guest is somebody, uh, I mean, the podcast I know, her interview is probably just short of an hour. We're probably going to talk for an entire day. Um, I think that passion that our guest has, the enthusiasm for it, just absolutely shines through on this podcast. You will really be able to hear and feel her real passion. And in particular, a passion for helping you passion for helping you to think about how you can be your true authentic self, how you can be the leader that you want to be. Our guest today is the brilliant Vicky Davenport. Vicky is the talent development partner for NHS Supply Chain. Um, Vicky has spent a lot of her career working in fast-paced retail environments uh, and then she got the chance to move into L&D having spent that time in those challenging retail environments and she talks a little bit about that today actually in terms of her retail experience and how she benefited from the challenge of that. Uh, Vicky's purpose is to create environments where people can be at their best achieve your full potential and barriers that get in the way are removed and again that absolutely shines through in everything that Vicky talks about. Vicky is very very passionate about what she does, she genuinely loves the work that she does uh, and she talks about it doesn't feel like work because every day she gets to have an honest conversation about how she can help him to create a workplace that people can thrive in and all the great stuff that that enables to happen. And everything that uh, I've just shared there in terms of uh, Vicky it is absolutely clear to hear in her interview. Um, she talks about some of her own experiences, some of her own challenges. Uh, for me, articulates these key messages about leadership really, really well and relates it back to you, relates it back to things that you can do for real. And I think one of the first things to that, and I think this sums up a lot of the messages that you get from Vicky here, is leadership is not all about hierarchy. We can all take control of things. I really love that. I think it's a really strong message for you to think about how you can build that into your team and think about how you build on what Vicky shares there, that ultimately everybody can choose empowerment everyone can take responsibility for themselves. It's not just the CEO or the MD or the leader at the top of the hierarchy. Everybody can choose to lead and in particular lead themselves. And Vicky really talks about that so well today. Um, she talks about being a true authentic self, which uses that term being unapologetically you. I think what's great is Vicky builds on that where she talks about finding the right environment and the right culture where you can be at your best. And that sets it off nicely in terms of a red thread with Vicky's interview because she reminds us that we always have a choice. In particular, she talks about you own your choices. And this is a great example of where she starts in terms of finding those environments where you can be at your best. And also shares quite honestly what she's done in her career. And she talks about, you know, sometimes we need a reset on who we are and what we want. And Vicky talks really openly about her finding the right culture, the right environment where it gives her positive energy, it enables her to be at her best. And uh, I'm not going to go into this, but I'm just going to give you a heads up because I want you to listen to this because where Vicky says there about finding environments and culture where you can be at your best, I challenge her on that and ask her about how can people do that because it's so important, yet it's easier said than done. And Vicky responds to that challenge really well and shares some great tips some great advice in terms of how you can both find the right environment and culture you can be best and also how you can build it with your team as well. Um, 
Vicky talks a lot, and this is important in terms of she talks about it a lot because the really strong message this about we must know the impact that our experiences have on you, yourself, your own experiences, and also think about the impact that you have on others and thinking about how we can consider the perception that we leave behind with people. And she really talks as well, she calls it out brilliantly in terms of learning from our experiences, thinking about the impact that we have on others and the perceptions that others build of us. And she also calls out brilliantly this other perception of busyness. So there's a particular bit I want you to uh, think about and listen in, because you can go and do this with your team, you can go and do this in work. And she talks about playing busy bingo. So she calls out this competition to be the busiest, this competition to always be doing something, when the reality is more often than not, we just need to be able to reflect, take that step back, learn from our experiences and choose the impact that we want to have on others, choose the perception that we want to leave with people. Um, towards the end, she says something really important as well. This, this uh, talks about uh, bringing people together. And in particular, says something brilliant about the power of people being in a room cannot be replaced by anything else. And I really, really love that. And I really want you to think about that for yourselves. So what can you do to get people back in a room? No, this isn't Vicky and I jumping on the bandwagon and saying everybody needs to get back to the office five days a week. Bore off if you jump to that conclusion. Absolutely not. What Vicky and I are talking about here is choosing, again, that word choose, your choice to bring people together, to have that energy in the room, even if that's once a year. And it's a really great challenge to take away from Vicky's interview, thinking about, yeah, as a leader in particular, how are you instigating that? How are you being the catalyst for people getting together to have that human connection, to have that energy, to be able to really bring out what you want from that team? Again, a, you know, a big part of building that environment and culture where you can be your best is absolutely something to consider as a result of listening to this podcast. Uh, as he's paying attention to the fuck it bucket, uh, I've never heard that term before. I absolutely love it. Vicky will talk you through that. Uh, it's, again, a really simple thing that you can do. You know, if you listen to this podcast and then don't go and create a fuck it bucket with your team, what were you? Li- what, what was the point of listening to this podcast, to be quite frank? So listen out for that. Think about that. Think about how you can go and have some fun with your team. Right. Uh, let's get you listening to my mate Vicky Davenport then, shall we? Uh, as always, I'll come back at the end of this. I'll ask some coaching questions, summarise some of the key messages. So I'll see you back there after Vicky's interview. Enjoy the brilliant Vicky Davenport. Vicky Davenport, welcome to the Break Them All podcast. Brilliant to have you as a guest on here. How are you doing? Oh, I'm really good. And thank thank you for having me um, as one of your guests on the podcast. Obviously, being a follower of it for quite a while. So actually to be invited to to talk and be part of the podcast, I mean, life goals. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, I do, because we're, we're into series two, so it has more opportunities now. I do love it when uh, guests uh, are on who I've been listening to some of the previous episodes. That really fills my heart and uh, I'm sure it'll help you to then be a brilliant guest for everybody listening to this. So, Vicky, let's start where we always start. What does being your true, authentic self mean to you? So, I would say for me, it's about being unapologetically you. Um, And for, for me, it's about really finding those environments then where you can be that best version of you. Um, yeah. So yeah, being on a pod, 
unapologetically you. Um, and I think we often go around apologising for who we are, um, whether that's because, you know, we don't want to be perceived as being arrogant or, you know, whatever okay. it is. Um, but yeah, how do you just be unapologetically you? And, you know, especially when I think about that, it, it comes from two bases. So actually having real good self-awareness because I think that's what helps manage it being arrogant um, in terms of having that real strong sense of self-awareness and then I'd say the other bit of that is about courage to then be that when you walk yeah. into a room um, and that comes with loads of different things so that comes with accepting some vulnerabilities that you might have that comes with letting go of fears and anxieties or you know the stories you might have told yourself over the years um, but yeah for me it that that's what it is in there. I guess they would be the two things that drive it for me. Thank you. What a brilliant place to start. And yeah, unapologetically ourselves. I, I really like that you said that, that yeah, often we do almost anticipate I might have to apologize to myself. And it's done with a positive intent, yet the reality is it stops us being ourselves. So can I just ask you something you said there about finding the culture and the environments where you can be your best you you can be unapologetically you i completely agree it's really really important and it's okay that some cultures and environments are not right for us that's that's okay what i wanted to ask you is for people listening to this vicky what what can they do to find that environment and that culture whether that's applying for a job or an interview or creating it themselves where where they work now what what are the kind of things people can do to find those right cultural environments for themselves um so i would say it you know leaning into this way it starts with you so i think you've got to understand and lean into truly understanding who you are and, and that's where i say that self-awareness is quite key um, yeah. in in terms of it so really getting under the skin of ha finding your authentic self so really tapping into what brings you joy what is your actual purpose? What are your values? What are the environments? And, you know, I've done this quite a few times in my career when I've, you know, I've looked at, you know, my career highs and lows. What, what's been the environment that I've been in when it's driven that career high and what, what environments have I been in when it's driven that career low? Um, yeah. And it's something I, I reset recently, actually, um, you know, moving role a few months ago. Um, I've, I really did a reset around what are the environments that I thrive in. So, um, you know, I moved into a new role and that, and that wasn't about necessarily leading a direct team. Um, okay. And that, that, that really hit a bit of a low for me, honestly, this year, because I was like, you know, there, I was really clear on the reason why I was doing it in terms of it was time for me to focus on myself and things like that. Um, but I actually re realized leading a team gives me great energy. That that helps me have the career highs. And, you know, when you dig yeah. into that, you know, I've been leading teams, you know, or pulling, you know, and I don't mean that from a hierarchy perspective, but pulling teams together, inspiring them to, to achieve a goal or whatever it is. I've been doing that since I was like 16, 17. Like, you know, I worked for, you know, a big retailer um, when I was 16, 17, you know, whilst I was at college, whilst I was at university. Um, and I'll never forget this Christmas being the collection coordinator. So some of some people might start to know which retailer that is. Um, and I got given the responsibility <laughs> of being the collection coordinator. And I was like, oh my God, like this is a huge responsibility. You know, I've got to make sure the stock that's coming from the back goes to the customer who's waiting there at the front. And you know, on the busiest days in Christmas, there's a lot of eyes looking at you when that's going yeah. on. You know, you've got people to pull together. Um, so actually what, you know, from really thinking about that and actually starting with me, 
I realised actually the environments that give me energy and what how that has driven my career highs and lows over the years. So actually yeah. working and leading a team and inspiring a team absolutely gets me through, you know, some days where they're not, you know, they're not the best days, but actually having a team around you that continue to inspire you is one of something that gives me great energy um, in environment. So yeah, that's almost like a bit of an example of it, but it really starts with understanding yourself. So I've always been really clear on my purpose, which is always been about actually creating environments that help other people thrive and reach their potential and moving the barriers that get in the way of that, because whether they're perceived barriers or actual physical barriers, like how do we just move them out the way so everyone can just show up and be the best? Great question thank you Vicky when you're talking about that even through a zoom screen and this bloody rectangle that we live our virtual lives in for the last five years um you can feel the energy coming from you the smile on your face your body language you know and everything you're talking about just flows and, I, and I'm, I'm playing that back because you know for those of you listening in black and white that can't see Vicky and I um to me you're really representing exactly what you're talking about and it is that joy you know, and it is that what you're talking about and the experience you're having, they are achievable for everybody. I really, truly believe in that. And, and I think you said it yourself there about the barriers that we create those perceived barriers or the real barriers. And so it, you've asked some brilliant questions of people there. And I'm just going to repeat them in terms of looking at yourself, building that self-awareness. Uh, what brings you joy? What are your values? What are your career highs and lows? What gives you that great energy? And I love what you said about the purpose because of the way you articulate what is your actual purpose i think that's really important because sometimes we think purpose is to sell stuff or it's on my job description you're right what's your actual purpose and can i ask you vicky you, you are where you are now you are in that culture environment you've worked hard to get that self-awareness you've challenged yourself you've thought about what gives me that energy i want to well, you decide how far back this question takes you or not. Where did that all start for you? Is, is it something you've always had in your career or was there somebody you worked with or a moment or, or you know, that, that spark that made you realise how important self-awareness is? How did that all start and what were the perhaps first steps you started to take to really build that self-awareness? Yeah. Oh God. I mean, gosh, you could go as far back as like, you know, your child, your childhood experience hangovers, as I call them. Um, So you could go, you know, as far back as that. But I think I personally would say I've been quite self-aware for a while, Um, certainly from a, a younger age and really thinking about, you know, I, I say to people who I work with, you know, I'm my own worst critic at times. So anything that happens, I will be the first person to turn the mirror on myself. I won't need someone to say, oh, have you looked at yourself in the mirror on this one? Because I'll have done it. I'll have overthought it and probably over-criticised myself for it. Um, So it's a real balance, actually, in in terms of that self-awareness. So remembering to tell yourself the positive stories that go with it as well. Um, And I think part of it probably does come from my own, own childhood experiences around thinking about the environments that I was in and actually they didn't allow me to be my best self all of the time. Okay. Um, and that probably drives a purpose around, I know what the impact of that can be. I chose to do something different. Um, yeah. And then part of that driving of purpose is then 
you know, creating the environment for others, how they then choose to show up and, and what they do with it is up to them. But I guess my my bit that I control is creating the environment to empower them to either make different choices or think about things differently um, is what I would say. But yeah, I'd probably say quite early on, but I probably didn't realise it until I really started to get into, you know, the, the throes of my career, really. Yeah. So I, th- I thought you just used a really good example there. Um, around because from a self-awareness point of view like yourself some of us it can be a natural thing for us for for whatever reason again it's the it's how you like you just said it's how your experiences particularly in your formative years impacts on you also for all of us it's a consistent development area for us it's something we can practice every day it's something you know what we might have thought and known about ourselves five years ago might now be something very different for us but i thought you just used a really good example there is as a good way of turning what might be perceived as a neg- negative self-awareness to recognize something where you said about if I make a mistake I'm my own worst critic and I think it's a lovely reminder that even though that's difficult at when um as I refer to it the bullshit factory yeah. fires up and it kicks us and it creates the negative thoughts and feelings I think there's a brilliant reminder actually Remember, that's a strength because that's your self-awareness telling you that you're beating yourself up, telling you that you have made a mistake and being able to turn it into that. And I only flag that because I, I want to ask you something on the back of this because it, it can be a bit of a balance with that self-awareness of I'm self-awareness when I've made a mistake, so therefore I'm, I'm, I'm negative towards myself. And it, it's that conscious choice in terms of I can be self-aware in terms of the perception I leave on others, on the uh, reputation I'm building, on the impact that I have. And I, you know, working with a lot of organisations, it can be a bit on a knife edge as to where people go with that. Yeah. So what what have you seen, Vicky, that, look, I'll use my term, that, that make people fit the mould? Because the whole part of the whole heart of that is that lack of self-awareness. What have you seen in your career in different organisations that – lead people to that where they where they forget about self-awareness so it becomes negative and they just end up fitting that mold yeah do you know what i think for me it's this perception of busyness i'm too i'm too busy to do something differently or yeah there's an impending deadline or there's another meeting to go to or you know there's another piece of work i've got i've got got to get over the line or whatever it is and i think often that's that can be I think we use that actually as, as a comfort to us to go, I'm, I'm just too busy to do it. I haven't got time. And for me, it's always about how do you take a step back um, yeah. and slow down the busyness because that sometimes can change the impact that you then have um, as part of it. And yeah, you know, you know, I, I attend quite a few different uh, leadership leadership meetings and you know a great example to bring it to life is um I, I attended a meeting and you know there was lots of busyness in the room you know lots of people still on you know doing emails in the room there was lots of different things going on in the room the door was opening the door was closing yeah. people are coming in and out and you know even for me sitting in the room I'm thinking gosh you know this is an environment you know I'm delivering a session in this and this is an environment where I'm going to be at my best because it, fe- it feels chaotic and, yeah. and anyway as part of the session talked around um you know how do we want to be perceived by others um and and, you know there was a great conversation that in the room about that but this busyness was still going on so this was a real great question this busyness of people coming in and out the room was still going on as part (laughs) of it um and later on you know I, I, I had to check in um uh, with, with the senior leader in the room and I was like you, you know we were checking on how the meeting had gone and you know playing back some things I said oh you know I thought you asked a really great question in terms of you know how do we want to be 
perceived by you know other other teams within the business and yeah. said, you know I'm, I'm a different team and um, you know I've joined you today and it's been really great and I felt part of the team but I am a different team um, you know a different part of the team what perception do you want me to be leaving with today brilliant stuff and it and and there was almost this look of wow we were so caught up in going we know it's a great question to ask but all this busyness was happening that we actually missed how crucial that conversation was and actually there was someone else in the room that could have said well actually you're new to this team what's been your perception of us so far yeah and that's that stopping the busyness to then think about the different choices and you know I always say you you own the choices so any situation can happen but you then have a choice and own how you respond to that awesome stuff do you know what's brilliant about what you're sharing there in terms of that example thinking people listening to this will be able to put themselves in that room I mean somebody listening to it perhaps on the way home from work might be going I've had that bloody meeting today <laughs> Like We've say, all been in them. We've all oh, been in yeah. them. All the Teams calls where no bugger has the camera on because everyone's doing their emails and it's just, yeah. It, and it's such a powerful thing that you've done there where, like you say, you've chosen. We've talked about this perception. We've talked about how we want to come across to others. That's a great example and an encouragement for people listening to this to take that opportunity, have that conversation. Because when you do it in the moment, like you got that response from that senior leader, people want to take accountability because it's still in the experience where they've yeah. done those things. And, you know, again, like you did before, it's a great reminder, particularly to leaders listening to this about, yeah, actually, if I see my team doing this, have that conversation as soon as possible. So let me just ask you, in terms of, if we look at it from that senior leader's perspective and we, and we think about th that person preparing for that day, uh, whether that's a couple of days before because they know that meeting is going to take place and they know they're going to attend or whether it's in the morning of the day that that meeting is literally taking place or even five minutes before, what, be it a practical tip or something that you do for yourself, what could that senior leader do before that meeting to help them to prepare to think about what is the perception I want to leave with people and, and how do I then behave to achieve that? You know, what can they do to proactively build that self-awareness before going into that meeting? Um, so I'd say tip one is um, take the time to step back. So, so put that busyness to one side because it's really easy to think an email you've got to respond to or, you know, a, a paper you've got to get written. So I'd say push the busyness to one side and, and really understand that what's the value I'm going to get out of taking the time to do this and do it right. Because, you know, certainly in, in this perception even of, of busyness, we probably don't spend our time and energy in the right places. So actually going into a meeting where you're going to be able to get people to think differently, agitate thinking, influence things to be done differently, you've got to, you've got to put the time aside to prepare to go into that. Um, and for me, the other tip would be what three things do you want to happen differently on the back of it? So what's nice. working well really now, what's working yeah. really well now and what do I want to be different and what does that mean we might need to do more of or less of to make it happen? I love that because it's a great example of that self-coaching, isn't it? And, you know, again, what, what you're doing is demonstrating that power that we can, you know, I've said to people, the most important person you have a conversation with is the person in the mirror. We, we all talk to ourselves and what, what you're demonstrating there is 
Because the way I said you own your choices, it's that choice of going, do I want the conversation in my head to be a monologue of I'm really busy, I haven't got time, I've got to reply to this email, or exactly like you demonstrated, to be a dialogue where you ask yourself, what do I want to get from this meeting? What are the three things that I want to impact on? Or whatever the right question might be for people. And I love that you've called out that bit around I haven't got time, even though I'm spending my time replying to emails that don't need replying to right now. It is that, again, it's the bullshit, isn't it, that we've got to call out ourselves and go, well, hang on a minute. If I'm telling myself I've got five minutes to look at emails that don't need a reply right now, surely I've got five minutes to just stop, prepare, take a breath, have some self-coaching conversations with myself so that I then go into the next meeting and get much more out of it rather than autopilot takes over. Because you're out about the business as well. It's like it is literally... A competition. How are you? I'm really busy. How are you? I'm rammed. How are you? No, not enough hours in the How day. How many words can you find for being busy? <laughs> I've got a lot. Busy on. bingo. Should we call it busy bingo? Oh yes. Do Let's you know do busy bingo. That is the challenge for everybody listening to this. Go and play busy bingo. Oh yeah. I mean, you could literally. I mean, it's such a good way of calling it out. To be fair, isn't it? Like, literally, you could sit back on a Teams call or in a meeting and just ask people, tell me how your week is and, and just play busy bingo. You're out and just go, who, who, who keeps saying I'm really busy. I've got loads to do. I've got a lot on. It's, it's manic at the moment. Somebody said to me, uh, January's just been chaos. It's like, what? In what way? All they said was that they've been busy. Chaos or busy, you know, it's not the same thing, is it? So it, it's just, and, and you're right. It's just calling though. It's having that self-awareness just to be able to call that out. So, let me ask you then, particularly from a leadership point of view, and it and it goes back to what you said around finding and creating that environment and that culture where you can be your best, because it's so important, and, and a lot of people deny themselves the permission to do this. So from a leadership point of view, what are the steps that a leader can take to build that culture environment for their team where expectations are set that if there is the busyness going on, it gets called out if there is the the unproductive meetings and tasks and all that sort of stuff and aligned to negative behaviors that those things get called out in a safe way in a, in a way that's going to help people what can a leader do to really create that kind of environment yeah so so my first bit around that was probably say get comfortable being uncomfortable because sometimes yeah. calling it out can feel a bit uncomfortable spending time thinking about yourself you know really focusing on that self-awareness can feel uncomfortable you know it's not our norm is it to, to kind of sit with those thoughts and feelings that might come with it so I'd certainly say get comfortable being uncomfortable because there might be some uncomfortable behaviors you might need to call out it might be uncomfortable for you to you know positively challenge some of those in the room and um, but I'd, I'd really focus on what difference is it going to make because that's almost the hearts and minds piece around yeah. why why would we need to do anything differently, you know, and, and asking people, you know, what's working for you in this space and what isn't, you know, that those great questions around, you know, when am I, when am I at my best, you know, what, what, what do you see and observe and, and how do I impact on you versus when I'm not at my best, what, what do you see and how does that impact on you? And that can really drive the culture and almost drive some of that self-awareness stuff to happen, but in a real comfortable space um, and getting, you know, getting people to share, share some of that in the room is quite key. But yeah, I'd say the biggest one is get, get comfortable being uncomfortable and, you know, find what is your comfort zone, but how do you keep stretching it? Um, and, and that would be what I would say is key. 
thank you. Yeah, I love the way you turn that. And it's a good thing for people to consider, isn't it? Because those things that we feel uncomfortable with, the vast majority of them, particularly from a leadership point of view, we want to feel comfortable with. We want yeah. to feel comfortable with giving feedback. We want to feel comfortable with calling those behaviours out. And you're right, it is that that mindset almost, isn't it, a building and going, when I do this for the first time, it will feel uncomfortable. And the more I do it, it just starts to feel comfortable. It creates those open and honest conversations, doesn't it? Yeah, and I challenge yourself in terms of what assumptions might you be making as well. Um, so, you know, it's something I often say, you know, before you yeah. go into a situation, what assumptions are you already making uh, before you've gone into it? Because, you know, the, the, there will always be that self-talk that starts kicking in the minute, you know, you, the minute you know you've got to go into something. But actually, you know, taking that that step of being um, uncomfortable, um, you might call something out that everybody else in the room has been thinking, but no one's been brave enough to say it. Um, so actually just thinking, you know, going into it, thinking, oh gosh, what assumptions am I making? Your assumption might be, I'm the only one thinking this in the room, you know, I'm the only one thinking, we've joined this meeting, I'm still no clearer as to actually what we're meant to be going away and doing. Um, yeah. But actually, just by raising it and saying, I, I, I'm, I'm making an assumption here, I'm the only one that's feeling like this. Does anyone else feel like this? You know, you'd be surprised by the reaction that comes from that. Yeah, it is, it's almost like a, uh, it's a shit cliche. It's like a domino rally, isn't it? Yeah, one really person is. puts that up and goes, this meeting's boring. It's, it's somebody I was working with the other day, actually, I thought this was a brilliant way they... Uh, said it was part of what we were doing in the team coaching and they realised exactly what you're talking about we're wasting a lot of time it's the busyness so they'd agreed that they were going to uh, make their own calls and meetings much better and then start to challenge across the business and one of them was really honest on a team's call and they called it out and said before we leave can I just check in on something we come to this call every week what is everybody getting from it and they were really honest and went because I'm going to tell you the truth I sit on this call every week and I do my emails and they were dead honest and said, genuinely, I look at my calendar and think for that 15 minute call, that's when I catch up on my emails. And, the, and the, they were really honest and going, so surely I don't need to be here. And they said, every single other person went, thank God you've called that out. You know, they said suddenly on the chat function, everyone's sending thumbs up and all this. And, you know, they, they said the chair of the, the call also said, to be honest with you, I don't even know why I've ended up organising these things. So, and it, <laughs> it's like one of those, like, must organise a meeting with your team. It's like on the task <laughs> list, isn't it? Like, must pull yeah. team together on it, you know, on a, on a, a daily or weekly basis. And I think yeah. it's about understanding, like, what works for people. Like, ask, ask the question, you know, don't make an assumption that a particular way will work for everybody. You know, mm. as human beings, we are absolutely amazing. We've got amazing strengths. Yes. You know, our fight or flight mode always gets us to focus on the critical things or already be prepared to you know like in that you know fight fight yeah. or fight mode so for me it's actually like really focusing on what are the strengths like what are you know we've got an hour in the in the diary what would be the best use of this time then actually you know you all knew do you want to just spend a bit of time getting to know each other yeah you know you, you don't often you know we're all on back to back meetings maybe you just don't have the opportunity to just talk and get to know each other yeah. the volume in those connections in those moments where people notice similarities whether that's in experiences or oh you know I've had that situation and and you've just been talking about it can you share your experience with me so you know I can go away and do something you know differently or you know oh wow so that you know I've had to worry about that or an assumption and actually you've just helped me challenge or think differently about it like the power of people being in a room 
like you, you can't replace it with anything else you know that you know there's great things that teams in you know of this the hybrid world brings what it can miss sometimes is that power of human connection and that power yeah. of people being in a room to you know solve a problem or whatever it is that is powerful and we we shouldn't forget how powerful that is yeah uh now i've written that down and that's that's the T-shirt right there, Vicky. The power of people being in a room cannot be replaced by anything else. Mm -hmm. I, I, and you know, what? I'm not using that to beat up Teams, uh, Microsoft Teams, or hybrid work and all that sort of stuff. Absolutely not. You're right, and, and you're right. It's that human connection, isn't it? And I, and I think again, it's this piece from a leadership point of view. It's easy to forget the human connection is the important part because anyone can do a task anybody anybody can fill out a spreadsheet send an email AI's going to replace that... most of it anyway so well that's true yeah yeah we're all knackered <laughs> in 10 years anyway apparently aren't we so, so we've got to somehow start yeah. connecting again <laughs> yeah yeah you're right we've got to go back to being connected so can i just ask you before i excuse me sorry move on to the questions that i ask every guest i really want to ask you something because everything we're talking about is absolutely right you've been so brilliant with what you're sharing, Vicky. You've been really honest. You're also sharing it in a really practical way that people listening to this will be able to go, actually, yeah, I could have a go at that. And, or maybe even I, they might be thinking, oh, I forgot about that. What I want to ask you <clears throat> is this piece of what leaders face in their organisations. Now, I'm going to set a context for this, and I'm going to use senior leaders as an example, because for me, that's the most common example of this. So you have a leader in an organisation who wants to do everything that we're talking about. They're, they are building their self awareness They're listening to this podcast, for example. They're perhaps reading a book or two, watching TED Talks and all those other things. So they are challenging themselves and they want to do things in the right way. They want to build human connection. They want to give feedback. They want to build that environment. And one of the biggest barriers to that is because their senior leaders demonstrate the complete opposite of that. And either overtly through conversations, encourage said leaders to not do those things that work well and just get on with it, JFDI and all that crap that exists, or uh, subconsciously through their behaviours create that perception of all this stuff doesn't matter, one-to-ones, development plans, forget about that, just hit a number. And that then might put that leader in that position where they go, well, if they don't do it, why should I? And actually, if I do this, I won't get any thanks for it. I won't, I won't progress and all that sort of stuff. So how can a leader overcome that for themselves? You know, other than handing the notice in, which <laughs> is just, just to be clear, so listening, that's always an option. You've always yeah. got the pull the pull the ejector uh, seat. But other than that, you know, if they want to stay in the organization, they like what they do, they like their team, what can they do to get over that? What what can they do to build resilience to be able to go, okay, my senior leader's gonna do this, I can still choose to do things in the way I believe in. Um, so uh, it probably goes back to the point I talked about before around how you be your um, your your true authentic self, and it's it was the second element around yeah. courage. It, it yeah. takes courage to do something different, and that opens up that space of being vulnerable again. Um, and that vulnerability might be that senior leader's perception of you of well, you're just not delivering um, you know what I want you to do in the way that I want you to do it. But yeah. I think what you've got to do is is go with what your heart says, and that is around that's got to be your anchor around it so you know it's the right thing to do um, and if it feels like it's the right thing to do and your team are telling you it's the right thing to do then then be guided by that because you won't go far wrong lovely yeah i love the the courage part of it and yeah like you say it goes back to being your true authentic self doesn't it there's so much power in that 
Thank you, because it is it is a genuine challenge that in organisations. It it's really something is. I face all the time, a lot of the time. Being perfectly honest with a lot of these teams I work with, um, I think that's why more of them are going towards team coaching and working with their peers and their, like you said, get do it right by the team and you won't go far wrong to create that local culture. Yeah, and I think the other bit, probably just to build on it, is um, in in terms of you know some some useful tips. Really think about what I call um, and and you know um, Zella King and Amanda Scott have, have wrote a book on this around building your personal boardroom. Um, figure out yeah. who that is because you know you there are wherever you are, there's always going to be senior leaders who who might not think or see the world through your eyes in the way that you see the world. And um, but if you can really build that network to call upon that that can be really key um, in any environment that you go in. And, you know, the, the, in their book, they talk about kind of these 12 roles and they fall under almost these thread, three headers of kind of those information roles. So, you know, who can give you insight, share knowledge and ideas that you might not be getting from your, you know, your senior leader because they just want you to focus on the task. They really talk about those power roles. So those who can, you know, provide you access to other people maybe to support your thinking. So yeah. you don't almost do that internal self-doubt of, have I got this wrong? Because I've certainly been in that seat and it, you know it can be a downward spiral when you start to get into that headspace um, and then yeah. really think about those development roles so the ones who can really provide you with the feedback the challenge the courage and the balance and I actually experienced it you know called up on my own personal boardroom this week so um, I, I was delivering a session to a hundred leaders um, w- within our organization you know I have not stood up in front of a room of a hundred people for a while now um you know certainly it was a pre-covid moment certainly a pre-becoming a mum moment um yeah you know really excited it was a topic that i'm absolutely passionate about it's people um you know that I was talking about but um in the room that day was someone who's on my personal boardroom um okay. and at the start of the day you know we were getting a coffee you know we we, we connected so we joined the organization on the same day actually and I'm sure Katie won't mind me calling her out um so me and Katie joined the organization on the same day and actually we we decided to keep connected on a monthly basis so we check in with each other every single month we've shared you know what's been the highs for you what's been the lows for you you know we've cried on calls together we've laughed on calls together and things like that and actually um this was you know it'd been a good few weeks pre-christmas actually that we'd seen each other so you know you do that whole you know like meet across the room and you know run to each other and embrace each other and you know make that human connection but I'd said to Katie look I'm delivering a session today um I was like I'd really appreciate it if you could you know play my courage role in the room I was like um I, I just need someone to let me know that you can hear me at the back and you know it, you know give me a heads up from the other presenters of, of things that I, I I need to be aware of before I present and I was like and what I'd really love is if you give me some feedback at the end to let me know what I did really well to help me build those strengths but actually help me understand some of the things that when I go back into that room again I could do even better um, as part yeah. of it. So that personal boardroom can be so powerful, um, but we often don't spend the time thinking about who are those people who can give us, yeah. you know, those energy moments and things like that when we need them. So I'd certainly say, you know, A, take a read of the book, but B, really think about who's on your personal boardroom and what role are they playing for you. Great stuff, Vicky. Uh, thank you. And it, that for me is something that people can listen to this podcast and go and do something about, isn't it? And it, 
you're right. It, that it is that bit of going. Okay, if I'm not getting that from my senior leader, who can give that to me? And there are people out there. You are absolutely right. It's the personal boardroom. It's somebody you work with. It's a mentor outside of the organisation. Might even be a family member or a family friend that you just say, "Look, could we just meet once a month? You've got quite a lot of experience in this. Could I just talk to you about it?" And do you know? Actually, I'm really pleased that you talked about that because you made me remember. Actually, I, I'm someone who's benefited massively from mentors in the past. And I guess I probably not termed it as my personal boardroom. And when you were talking, I was thinking, yeah, do you know what? I could literally sit and in my head, I'm naming the people around my personal boardroom. And I think back to a lot of that was when I was working for like the biggest dickheads as the senior leaders that I've ever worked with. And, and you're right, it's going and saying, okay, I might not get that from them, who could I engage with that could give me that feedback, that could challenge me, that I can take some uh, problems to and they'll help me to work through it. So, yeah, it's a great shout out. And I think there's a great thing for people to take away from this in terms of, yeah, who needs to be on your personal boardroom? And, and isn't that a great meeting to be in? Like, I'm definitely up for being in meetings like those personal boardrooms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, it, you know, the, I think sometimes people, again, the, the, the perception uh barrier that people put up they think oh I, that person wouldn't want to mentor me and you know the reality is it's often the complete opposite because actually being asked to be in somebody's personal boardroom it it, it rubs their ego it makes them feel good you know it, it it's like one of the biggest compliments you can pay to people so yeah you know i i think you're right if, if people listen to this have someone in mind who they want to be a mentor uh, for them go and ask them there's only one way to find out isn't there you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying you contact Stephen Bartlett or, you know, Sir Alex Ferguson or whatever, or uh, Jacinta Arden over in New Zealand or anybody like that, you know, <laughs> maybe do it somebody in your business or somebody that, you know, you know, maybe keep your uh, expectations in the right place. But yeah, there's always those people who are willing to help you. Again, it goes back to what you said, you must own your choices. So choose to invite somebody to help you. Yeah. Right. And, and um, the worst they can say is no, right? Like that's the way that I always say, what's worse, you know, play worst case scenario. The worst they can say is no. Oh, okay, then no worries. But you took the courage to do it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they can say no. And half the time, and I know that this has happened to me in the past when I've asked people for help, if they do say no, often what they'll then do is, but I could introduce you to Vicky who might be able to help you at the moment. Yeah. And have you thought about contacting them? So yeah, they often the people who we want in our personal boardroom, and we have that positive perception of you right ask them and the worst thing they'll say no is and they'll probably then suggest an alternative for you yeah and when you think about your personal boardroom that's the connector role that's one of the uh, roles yes. the connector yes yeah that person who gives you that introduction yeah right um let me ask you those uh, questions then that i ask every guest vicky um i'm going to do this in reverse order actually Ooh. what must a leader never do um, so I would say they should never let the ego get in the way of doing what's right. Um, and sometimes that can be around, you know, admitting that you might have made a wrong decision or, you know, just owning up to it. But, you know, never let your ego get in the way of doing what's right. Lovely. I mean, I mentioned ego there, didn't you? Right. We all have it. Yeah. It's that ability to move it out of the way. Yeah. And it take, allow the compliment and the pride that comes with it to stay inside and keep choosing the behaviors that give you that ego in the first place i guess isn't it exactly lovely stuff uh what must a leader sometimes do um so I, th this one comes actually from um one of my team that i used to work with and it's use the fuck it bucket um yes. And, and the fuck it bucket is around letting go of the things you can't control. Um, so, you know, we would have a team meeting and, and, you know, some, you know, 
majority of things go really well during the course of your week but there's just some things that happen for whatever reason you can't control the outcome of it or what's happened so and we can waste so much time and energy going yeah but they didn't do this and this didn't happen and it didn't go the way that I thought it to so you can talk it out but then just get to a point where you go okay can we put it in the fuck it bucket now yeah it's a better name for the circle of uh Hang on, that's right. Circle of concern, get it the right way around. Yeah, he says, as a fully signed up, massive fan of Stephen Covey, by the way. Same here, same here. Yeah, to build on that as well, and and, and to build it for the people listening to this, that's a really practical thing that somebody go back and do with your team, you know, create an image of it, talk about it, just go get a bin, write it down on a piece of paper, and then you know, talk, say it out loud, you've got it off your chest, then it's out, you know, it's out of your head, so you're not playing it over in your own mind constantly. And then just like literally screw it up and put it in yeah. your, you know, a bin, a bucket, whatever it is you want to get. You know, we actually did, you know, consider actually getting a bucket and labeling it the bucket bucket. And one of my team actually did buy me a candle. She was like, I couldn't get you a bucket that said it on it, but I got you a candle instead. And it literally <laughs> said on it, um, this is my last book. Oh, look, it's on fire. <laughs> I'm gonna laugh at thinking. I was gonna get you a bucket and I got you a candle instead. <laughs> you wondered where I was going with that, didn't you? Uh, but yeah. Oh random replacement gift, but yeah, good on her. Do you know that? There's a um, you reminded me of a conversation I had with somebody recently who um they were a client of mine and they and they become a good friend of mine and, and we were in a session, they were they were in the session that I was facilitating, so they were contributing to it, and we and, and it was team coaching, and we we were doing something similar there in terms of the fuck it bucket, the circle of concern. I have the no moan zone, and and that's yeah. what we were looking at. Is they'd identified what was out of their control, and then we said, right, of all those things, what are the things you have to contract to that you will never moan about? You'll never waste time and energy, and they did it. And then when we were debriefing on it, somebody rightly, fairly politely called out this oh there's loads of different names for this isn't there they didn't say the fuck it bucket but i can add that to the list you know the fuck it bucket the no moans on the circle of concern room 101 they threw room yeah. 101 in there and before i could even respond uh my friend in the room just went yeah because they work <laughs> just like it's the best best comeback ever and really yeah. what what he was saying is does it matter what we call it? Does it matter whether it's Stephen Covey, Vicky Davenport, Tim Roberts? Does it matter? It works. And it and do you know what? Everybody, if the person who said that sort of looked up to the sky and sort of went, yeah, you're right, aren't you? And then everybody else around the room went, yeah, this is important. It does it. And it was great to kind of call that bullshit out where people think, oh, this is pink and fluffy because does they work? Just like, yeah. It's like the easiest way to look at they're it. So, yeah, like, yeah. They're so simple, but so like letting go of that emotion of something you just can't control is like almost like, you know, sometimes it's like you've wrote it on a paper, you've got it out, you can put it yeah. in there and it's almost like you let go of the emotion that's then attached to it, which yeah. is actually being an emotion, you know, that one of what I call an, an energy drainer rather than an energy giver. Um, yeah. And, and often we can focus on all those things that we can't control um, rather than the things we can. Yeah, it's such a big waste of time and energy, isn't it? Uh, right, final part of this then, Vicky. What must a leader always do? Remember that we're all work in progress. So we're not going to get it right every single day, and that's absolutely 
okay, you took the courage to do something different. It might work, it might not work. So you might, you know, some of the things we've shared on here as top tips, some of them might work yeah. for you, some of them might not. But just remember that, you know, we're all work in progress. Um, and it's about having the self-awareness then to look at the opportunities where you can learn and grow within that, whether it's, you know, someone new who joins your team who brings a totally different perspective um, to things, whether that's a generational perspective or an experience perspective and things like that. But remember that we're all work in progress because that gives you a different mindset and, and makes you more open to the opportunities that might appear in front of you and then you can grab it with both hands. I want to ask you something on the back of that. How can a leader demonstrate that they understand that everyone is still a work in progress when they're giving feedback to their team? Um, so I would say think about it from an empathy empathy perspective and not a sympathy perspective so really think about how you're empathetic in those situations because that'll drive a different way that you do it beautiful yeah shift it to empathy it is the thing that gets overlooked that i i feel that and something i talk a lot to leaders about is the best way to give people feedback is to empathize first is to show you see it from their perspective and but i wanted to ask you that because I think what you said there about what must a leader always do in terms of remembering role of work in progress, it, it, it's really, really important that, isn't it? I, I don't think I can overstate the importance of it. And often we do want this finished article or, you know, I, sometimes, I bet I've said this in the past, you know, they, they've been here for three months now. Why, why are they getting things wrong? Why don't they know everything? You know, he's like, geez, God, just, you know, for me, I look back at myself and I think, what the hell was I doing? What the hell was I thinking? You're right. We are all a work in progress, aren't we? The, yeah. the reality is with leadership, you spend your entire career trying to get it right. And then you retire having still not got everything right. Of course. And you know what? Some of it is about what you need to learn. And for me, some of it is about what you need to unlearn. And that's certainly some of the journey that I've been on in terms of, you know, thinking about, you know, though, though, as I referred to earlier, those childhood experience hangovers, you're like, you have to unlearn certain ways of thinking or certain behaviors. Yes. So what you learn and, un and then what you unlearn is just as important. Yeah. I, um, I think you've just used that term unlearn in the best way I've heard it used and, and with so much clarity because um, it gets used a lot and, and it's, it's good. It, it's a really important thing. I, I think sometimes people can get a bit confused with it or get a bit lost with it. And I think sometimes people use it as this kind of almighty thing that you must unlearn. I think the way you just described that is the best way I've heard it described. Like you said about unlearn those behaviors that come from your experiences it's okay that you don't have to do today what you were doing five years ago or you don't have to react like you did as a as a child or as a young adult yeah. there's a great uh quote unsurprisingly it's from a musician not one of my particularly favorite bands but one of my mates uh told me it recently um i can't remember the guy's name basically the singer from beastie boys and the songwriter he's passed yeah. away now i think his first name's adam um and one of my mates who's a, a, a fan of them, he told me a quote and he said, um, I'd rather be a hypocrite than the same as I've always been. I just think, yeah, that's so right, isn't it? It's okay to go, I used to think this, now I don't. It's okay. Yeah, it's yeah. okay to be a hypocrite of what you were 10 years ago. That's okay. 
and that's that vulnerability bit, right? Because that's the yeah. bit of facing into some of those fears and anxieties, or, or you know, having to say, you know, I didn't, I didn't get it quite right. You know, it, you know, whether it was because on that day I wasn't being the best version of me or whatever it is. And you know, I always say with these things, and I, I you know, I, I learned it from um, a great leader that I worked with, and she said these three words. Sometimes it's about the context, the content, and the timing. Yeah. And actually, something, and specifically, we were talking around, you know, this sometimes this culture of well we've tried that before and it didn't work well you know actually the the context of what we're doing it in now has changed you know whether that be you know the size of the organization has changed or whatever it is or what we do has changed what's the content then then sits with that so did we try stuff but it just didn't work because of where we were at and actually timing can play a key bit of it so um always kind of play that back through as well in terms of what was going on at the time you know what was the context of the environment that you were working in things like that yeah, timing is everything, isn't it? You're absolutely right. Uh, right, let's ask the dickhead question then. <laughs> um, I've said that word a few times already. Um, just as a reminder to you and everybody listening, when I use the term dickhead, it is used to describe people, in particular leaders, who have little or no self-awareness and demonstrate attitudes and behaviours that are irritating to others. So, Vicky, how can our audience stop themselves from being a dickhead? Uh, so this one for me, I would say, is around thinking that you're better than anyone else in the room. And that probably comes back to the ego one that I talked about a little bit earlier on. Um, but, you know, going back to, you know, what a leader should always do, that's about remembering we're all work in progress. So really, I guess, probably ties all the things that I've said back together in yeah. terms of, yeah, don't think you're better than anyone else. Yeah. Is that such a lovely way of describing that? And, and, and <clears throat> there's so many dickheads that are coming into my mind who I've encountered who categorically thought they were better than everybody. And yeah. I think it's also a nice reminder in terms of that humility in leadership, and particularly as a senior leader, because often when people get the job title of, you know, that yeah. begins with a C or <laughs> uh, ends with director or whatever it might be, um, it, it is almost that bit of, all oh, I've made it now. So I am the boss kind of thing yeah and, and all right you might be the boss it doesn't mean you have to act like a dickhead and, and for me it's such an honor to be in a position like that because what you're gaining with that yeah. is actually the ability to influence things on a bigger scale um and you know that you know that's my personal reason for you know wanting yeah. in to grow my career you know for me leadership isn't about hierarchy we can all take control of things we can all think you know go back to that you know 16 17 year old me you know being the collection coordinator for that first christmas i wasn't in a you know i wasn't in a leadership role i was you know the the weekend worker but what i demonstrated was the key things around you know inspiring others being really clear providing that clarity and vision of you know what we want to do today and how do we want those customers to leave feeling and how do you want to feel at the end of your shift um so yeah for, for me you know leadership isn't about hierarchy but actually when it is attached to hierarchy it's an honor um and, and not a sense of that you're better than anybody else in the room yeah yeah you're right it is and thank you to remind us of that because again for leaders listen to this actually it is you're right it's that honor isn't it it's almost like a privilege of you get to impact directly on people's yeah. lives not just the work no, the like on a huge scale. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, we could. We, I think that's another podcast series right there. <laughs> we can come back to that one. Definitely. Uh, okay. Final question before we get your music and book recommendation. Um, why must it always start with you? 
I mean, who else is it going to start with, right? So we've talked around kind of the self-awareness. We've talked around the choices that you make, but only you control it. There's only you walking in your shoes every single day. And there's only you at the end of the day who's going to be accountable for the decisions and feelings that you feel. And so that's why it's always got to start with you. Yeah, I, I really love that uh, phrase if you said, there's only you walking in your shoes. Awesome, Vicky, thank you so much. That's been so insightful, so encouraging, I think is a word that's coming to me because I think I've said this a few times, you, you've included there so many reminders in terms of what we can do as a leader, how we can have that courage, how we can build that confidence to really be ourselves. And I love you know, at the heart of it, for me, there was a nice red thread in terms of it comes back to that culture and environment. And and like you finished there in terms of the, the uh, honour, the, the responsibility of a leader, yeah, that, that's the, that comes with that is the opportunity to build that culture environment where, like you said, right at the start, people can be at their best. Right. We need your book and your music recommendation. Let's do your music recommendation first. Oh, I mean, it's like both of these are really difficult for me because A, I love music. It's been a huge part of my life from a very young age. So to try and pick um, even an album, a song, because like literally for each part, every year or even quarter of my you know life, I could pick a song. So I went almost with two. So I am going to be a little bit greedy. Um, okay. So I'll in let terms you of an album, um, I would say a person um, I really started listening to the last couple of years is, is a guy called Teddy swims so that's um his stage name um so he's an american artist from georgia um and his surname actually is the bit that started to really resonate with me is because um his, st his stage surname shall we say so swims actually stands for someone who isn't me sometimes and i, I think like that's it. a real link in terms of being your authentic self there's going to be moments where you're not being your authentic yeah. self and it's just being able to recognize that so yeah he's he's um so and and he's two albums so unlearning is one of them interestingly All right. um, and then his other one is i've tried everything but therapy um and really that's about this change we're seeing in terms of different generations breaking the stigma around, um, you know, talking about their mental health and, and having conversations around that and not getting caught up in the usual corporate trap of, you know, you've got to show up and you've got to act like yeah. everything's okay. You've got to leave everything at the door when you walk through it. So Teddy Swims would be one in terms of like album and a recent one. And then I guess Thank one you. that's threaded through my career probably more so. And this is a bit more of a random one. I do love like a lot of large, you you know range of music when someone says what kind of music you're into i always hate that question because i'm like well how long have you got um, yeah. so this one's going to come a bit of a weird one but um it's a song by natasha beddingfield for anyone who remembers uh, her um, i do and she had a brother called daniel did. <laughs> and, and the song she actually wrote uh, was unwritten um, and oh, I remember yeah. actually going through my first leadership development program, you know, you do that bit where you talk about, you know, the journey that you've been on, you know, everything's a journey, but the journey you've been on while it's been on this program. And I decided to put music with my presentation because um, I love music. Um, and Unwritten was the song that I chose. And really, to me, that, oh, nice. that represents and still represents about living life to your fullest, not planning for everything because you can't um, and that each day is a blank page and you choose how what you write on that blank page yeah so they would be my two song ones thank you i really like the particular song i love that you've chosen that something that really means something to you and i like i, I really appreciate the uh recommendation of teddy swims because i've not heard of him before so uh, i'm gonna I am check going to see him out. again this year this will be the third all one. right so, like his his um voice is amazing as well like what? you get lost in the room so. with without us then now spending an extra half hour just talking about i music mean we could be here for ages. Other people could, yeah we could what kind of music is it is it 
Oh, it, like he, so he's done a lot of collaboration. It's really hard to almost like pinpoint. So I would say, like for me, why I why it re really resonates with me is that there's almost like a deeper emotional connection within like what he writes about. So he's okay, quite yeah, raw. Yeah. Wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, but yeah, it's like really hard to pinpoint like exactly what his music is. It doesn't okay. really fall in just one particular category. It almost sometimes depends on you know what what song um what song he's wrote at that moment in time. But what I just love is he wears his heart in his sleeve. And I think more yeah. of us should do that because that's when better connections happen. I'll check him out. Thank you. Uh and to finish uh, us off, Vicky, what is your book recommendation? What's a book or two? <laughs> Or two. Yeah, I know you told one. me this was hard that everybody yeah. must read. <laughs> it really was. So I kind of snuck one in a little bit earlier, didn't I? So again, right. I, you know, yeah. I, I've got two. But I guess the one I would recommend um, is a book called Peaks and Valleys by Spencer Johnson. Um, so same author who um, wrote Who Moved My Cheese. Um, so that might be okay, yeah. more with people. Um, and it's a story of a young man who lives unhappily in a valley um, until he meets an old man who lives on a peak. And it really changes um, his work and how he lives um, for the rest of it. And the, the reason it resonates is because, A, I think we all go through those peak and valley moments. You know, I talked about it a little bit earlier on in terms of my career, you know, your career highs and your career lows. Um, but in terms of what really resonates in the book, it's around that acknowledgement that we all have those peak and valley moments, whether that's professionally or personally. Yeah. It's how you deal with them that really matters um, and the difference that can come of that. So thinking about how you navigate through those moments and really what you can learn or unlearn um, about yourself. Ace. Well, Who Moved My Cheese it is a classic, let's be honest. And it I love... Is. It is. Um, very recommendation, because, yeah, I love, and I know a lot, a, lot, a lot of other people do, when there's that, what do you want to call it, leadership or personal development, the book, and it's written as a story. It's a nice change from perhaps the traditional approach to it. Thank you. Thank you. You've been an absolute superstar, Vicky. I've really, really enjoyed it. We're, we're recording this on a Friday morning. I think you've just set us off for a brilliant weekend. So I know. It's literally shining. It's literally shining on this podcast. So, yeah. It's, it's not where I live. Oh, it's clearly just my side of town then. <laughs> nah, it's just grey where I am. Grey. That's that's grey for the foreseeable future, I think, where I am, oh. yeah. But no, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. And back to the point I said earlier, and, um, you know, think about leadership and honour to be able to just share it. And hopefully, you know, it inspires, even if it's only one person, then that's a huge difference already made. Thank you so much, Vicky. Go and enjoy the rest of your day and I'll catch thank up with you soon. Too. Thank you. Welcome back. We've reached the end of another episode. How the hell has that happened? Right. Um, how ace is Vicky? Just how funny is she? How articulate is she? How honest is she? Just absolutely fantastic. And it's one of these interviews that make me realise how lucky I am to be doing this podcast, how grateful I am for the guests that give up their time. And more importantly, how grateful I am for you listening to this podcast. And one of the things that I hope adds value to you listening to this podcast is these outros, is the coaching questions I'm going to ask you based on the interview. So where I want to start in terms of some of the questions to ask you and based on Vicky's interview is how accepting are you of your vulnerabilities? I thought it was brilliant the way Vicky talked about this. This this bit about being courageous, this bit about accepting that 
all of us are still a work in progress and that's okay and you know how important it is that we have those vulnerabilities accept them maybe even share them with your team so how accepting are you of your vulnerabilities um also it's that is how courageous are you being so what can you do today that takes a bit of courage what can you do today that's maybe a little bit out of your comfort zone challenging yourself today uh, and link to that because this is always a challenge and one of the best ones we can do how are you developing your self-awareness every day what are you doing today to develop that self-awareness? Um, a couple of questions I want to ask you that link together. Uh, so first of all, I need to ask that question that Vicky shared. What is your actual purpose? Actual being in bold and underlined. Um, I said this on the interview. I love the way that she puts that question in there. Uh, your purpose is something I really believe in. It's something that's really, really important and it needs to be transient. You need to allow it to change, particularly as a leader. If you don't have your own personal purpose, how are others ever going to be able to follow you, be able to trust you? So what is your actual purpose? And then linked to that, what three things do you want to make happen? Now, you can decide the context of that. Is it you might be what three things you want to make happen today in the next 12 months? What are the three things that you want to make happen as a result of your actual purpose? So write them down. What three things do you want to make happen? happen um, i want to ask you a question uh, this is this is action led definitely and it goes back to this point that we talked about around mentors and uh, your personal boardroom and and being okay that you might not get everything that you want from your leader that they just might not have the ability or the interest so who can you talk to to get the things that you don't get from your leader and how will you go and get that help so who can you talk to to get the things you don't get from your leader and how will you go and get that help um, just want to repeat some of the questions that vicky asked uh, in terms of uh, thinking about learning more about yourself so kind of quick fire these really so what are your values what are your career highs and lows and why what gives you great energy and what barriers do you need to get out of your way? Uh, I've got to ask you about the busyness. Uh, and uh, you know, I'll encourage you, like I did in the intro, go and play busy bingo. Uh, maybe spot that in your own team in particular. Uh, how is your busyness keeping you in your comfort zone? Maybe what excuses is it giving you? What's it stopping you from doing? So how is your own busyness keeping you in your comfort zone? Um, what perception of you do you want to leave with others? Really, really important question. Every time you interact with people, you know, I say this quite a lot on these outros, look at your calendar, do it practically, go through the interactions you've got, go through the meetings, the calls, and just ask yourself, what perception do you want to leave with others? Uh, how can you get more comfortable with being uncomfortable? Again, this bit that, you know, uh, Vicky talks about, if it's a challenge, then, you know, OK, everything is, is good. Bring it on. So how can you get more comfortable with being uncomfortable? And the final question I want to leave you with, I think it's, it's right to leave you with this to get you pondering on it. What's the difference you want to make? So really spend a bit of reflection time thinking about that. Again, you might think about the difference you want to make today. It might be overall, it might be the difference that you want to make with the team that you lead currently, the job that you do, the team that you work with right now. So what's the difference you want to make? What a brilliant takeaway, what a brilliant question to leave a podcast with. Uh, I hope those coaching questions help you. 
I really, really hope you go and do something as a result of listening to this podcast. Uh, and as I said right at the start, do get in touch, engage on LinkedIn with me and some of the guests. Let us know what you think. Share the podcast, get more listeners. That would be really, really appreciated. For now, I'll see you back here for the next episode shortly. Remember, it always starts with you. And keep smiling. Keep being you.